Oh, excuse me, Ricky. Ricky, I did see what you were doing. It felt good, didn't it? It's all right. We all have feelings like this sometimes. I'm just glad you're doing this in the privacy of your own room. When you're a little bit older, we'll have to talk more about these feelings and what causes them and how we can control these feelings. I'm sorry I intruded on your privacy. I'll be sure to knock next time, okay? Oh yeah, my favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong Podcast Cause it's a very good podcast Oh yeah Yeah, 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 yeah It's a funny, 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 funny show Sick and Wrong Podcast is a wonderful podcast. It's a miraculous podcast. It's like the best podcast in the whole wide, wide, wide world. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, Simon. Hello, me immortals. I am Kate Rambo. What's cracking there, Kate Rambo? Just uh, chowing away. Trying had to cancel my vaccine and what? reschedule it. You're an anti-vaxxer? I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I just slept through it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You're just a drunk. Uh, yeah, well, I'm just a drunk, basically. I slept through it. I'll go get another one. It's all all right. I'll get it. <laughs> That's what alarms are for. Um, Kay Rambo, I have some problems. I've got some fucking major issues. If oh, you didn't shit. know this. Well, obviously, is it is? Are we going to finally talk about your Jewish problem? I knew you were going to bring that up. No, it has nothing <laughs> to do with my uh, Semitic background. No, what this has to do is a cat problem. My fucking cat. Oh, you got my pussy special problems. needs cat. I'm I got very bald good pussy problems. With bald pussy problems. That's what I got. This is my area of expertise. Well, let's see if you can help me out with this. My cat. This is recent behavior. This is something I've noticed in the past, like, I'd say, maybe a month and a half, two months. I haven't really talked about it on the show yet because, one, it infuriates me. But two, it's like I didn't know if this is like, I, I didn't confirm my suspicions okay. until today. Caliban is, has been jizzing on the blankets on my couch. <laughs> He's been jizzing all over my expensive fucking blankets that I bought on my leather couch. How do you know it's jizz? Have you been tasting it? Well, okay. So I bought a couch when I moved in here. Expensive couch. Like a $2,800 black leather couch. Like fancy soft leather. I knew the cat's claws were going to fuck the thing up. So I bought these blankets. These faux fur blankets from Saks Fifth Avenue. It cost like 230 bucks a piece. Like fancy. Look at you humble bragging here about yeah, the money anyway. you spend on blankets. I'm just saying. <laughs> right? I'm just kind of over, I'm overstating how much I spend on it because this just shows you how angry I am that the blankets are now fucked because they're covered in cat splooge. But anyway, um, yeah, they're expensive blankets, soft blankets. They're nice, covering over the, the leather couch. And so anyway, I've noticed recently, like I'll sit down at night, and I don't have that much light over there. You know, it's kind of dark. And I'll sit down at night to watch TV, and I'll put my hand down the blanket, and it'll just feel wet sticky and kind of cold like cold wet and sticky and i'm like what the fuck slime like mucus yeah you probably uh yeah this is something that you've like 
yeah, you have a lot of experience with this. It sounds like Caliban is using your couch as a cum towel. I, I think he does. You know, and so at first I was just like, I thought it was piss because cats pee, you know, they spray. So I've been cleaning his litter box, making sure it's, you know, you know, it's not full of shit so he can go to the litter box, but it's not. And it doesn't smell like cat piss because cat piss has a very strong odor. It doesn't it does. smell like cat piss. It doesn't taste like cat piss. And so, <laughs> I didn't taste it. But anyway, I'm like looking at it and it's like slimy. I'm like, what the fuck? So then I went and I bought all these like, uh, sprays that are kind of like odor repellents or odor diffusers or whatever. The breeze. No, yeah. it's from Petco. It's like these are actually pet odor killers. Like if if your cat right. is pissing or something on thing, you you uh, diffuse the odor, like eliminate the odor, so he doesn't associate it with uh, you know an area they pee. So I got all this expensive like cleaning products, spray it down, and it keeps happening. And I, I don't know exactly when he does it. I think he does it at night, or maybe he does it during the day. But I was like, I, I didn't actually catch him in the act until this past week. Because what, what he's been doing, and I went online. I went online to go and look into search. this. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I typed it in online because I know this is semen. It's cat jizz. I'm 100% certain of this. So I looked it up online, and I was like, you know, the cat's neutered. How does he even make jizz? He doesn't have any fucking balls. Yeah, so, that's a good point. Exactly. They, so they can kill, still come. Even he does have big balls though. So maybe they didn't quite cut, empty. Put the tube. They're obviously not empty, mate. If he's coming all over your couch at night. Well, I did a search. I said, "Hey, my cat, you know, is masturbating on blankets, and my cat is, uh, you know, pleasuring himself on blankets." And there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, of forums where people are talking about this with neutered male cats. They still have a prostate. So they still produce seminal fluid. It's just not semen. It's, it's not like you're going to impregnate the couch. So it's like, yeah, it's like having a vasectomy. You've still got something coming out of you. There's just no swimmers there. Technically, he's Jaffa. That's what we call he, it in the He's UK. Jaffa. But you know what the thing is that really got to me, too, is I'm reading through these forums, and everyone thinks it's a joke. They're like, my cat's doing a little frickle frackle on my blanket. Or my cat's getting jiggy with my couch, getting jiggy with my blanket. And I'm just like, it's, it's not fucking funny. <laughs> it's it not is. funny. It's it, it's fucking. It infuriates me. Okay, you, Galaxy Jackson. Well, I'm I'm actually thinking of calling him and seeing I if like I should. can hire him to come take some of that Patreon money, see if he can stop my cat from jizzing. I think you should do. Although he looks like the Patreon type of guy outtake. that enjoys cat jizz. Um, <laughs> He's definitely tasted it. Well, what I know, but this is what I suspect. So reading through these forums, they say cats do this because they're acting out. Sometimes they do it because they mark. Territory. Sometimes they do it just for the fuck of it because they enjoy, you know, the feeling of it, so and they yeah, associate it, nice. it with feeling, you know, good. He obviously likes the fuzzy blankets on his fucking balls. But I think what it is with Caliban, it's learned behavior. I mean, I know you you think he's just an unintelligent, stupid, bald pussy, but he's not. This cat is nefarious. He's devious. He's a devious creature. He knows how to. He knows how to enrage me. And I know the thing is, is like with sphinxes, you have to give them kind of a lot of attention, more so than a regular cat, because regular cats are just like self-sufficient. You know, that's why you get a cat because you don't want to spend so much time, you know, with a dog, like walking the dog, maintaining the dog. Dogs are high maintenance. Dogs are like having like. A you know, child. Like a rotundo. A rotundo they child. Are. A hairy rotundo child. So cats usually get because they're self-sufficient. Cat will fuck off, play with its little toys, stare out the window for hours. Like your cat. Your cat will sit in the window. Like you sent me pictures of your cats in the window. He'll sit in the window just for six hours, you know, bathing in the My sun. Cat. Looking He's at birds. He's a perfect birds. 
baby angel. My cat doesn't do anything wrong but apart a, from it's killing. A typical cat, though. That's a, a cat's a killer. Typical cat. Caliban, on the other hand, Caliban doesn't like doesn't like to do things on his own. He demands all the attention in the room. He demands my attention. Pretty much, if he's not sleeping, he's crying and he wants to play with me. And when I don't, I can't because I'm you know I'm working all day and I can't spend like three hours playing with the fucking cat toys with the cat. He gets his revenge, and I he know hate the, jizzes. the way he gets his revenge is he jizzes on my couch, he jizzes on my blankets. He knows it pisses me off. I get mad, yell at him, and he gets his you know he gets attention. It's learned behavior. <laughs> it's fucking learned behavior. I know it is, and it fucking pisses me off. Splooging on my blankets. It's fucking gross. No one takes it seriously. I told my sister. She just laughed about it. You know, well, I told I'm not surprised. A, I told a coworker. She was also laughing about it. And they like, you know, they snicker and they make some stupid jokes. But I'm considering rehoming the prick. Jokes on him, motherfucker. I, what are you gonna say? Comes with his own jizz. What yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna tell them about it, obviously. But you know, Hecubus never, ever would have engaged in this type of lewd, unseemly behavior. He wasn't that type of cat. Not even once, you know. And and the Rest thing in is, peace. well, they th- the thing is, they say. Like in the forums, they're like, when you see the cat go over there, because now, like, I know obviously I can't, you know, please him all all hours of the night because I'm sleeping. But when you see him go over there and he's scratching on the blanket, that's when because he scratches on it as if he like, you know, is covering it up in a litter box. No, it's more of like, you know, they take a piss and they scratch over litter. It's like he had already came, like he jizzed all over the blanket, and now he's trying to hide it. Is what he's oh, doing, I and see. so that's when I know he's done it. So the other Chichi hums. But he doesn't but ever does come. does he jizz? No, but he humps. Like, he doesn't I'll have wake balls, up though, right? No, he is also He's Jaffa. also neutered, yeah. Yeah, but he humps. Sometimes I'll wake up and he'll just be, like, humping my foot. Well, they say when you see him going over to the blanket, you see him going over that area, you're supposed to go over and, like, distract him and play with his toys. And so he eventually he loses the association. But I can't do that because I'm in my fucking Zoom meetings all day. So the other day, I'm in a Zoom meeting with, like, six people. And I, I look, I hear in the background, I hear the scratching on the couch because he had just obviously came in the blanket. I took a fucking can of Diet Dr. Pepper, nailed that motherfucker. I like empty. threw it right at him. It was empty, yeah. It wasn't a yeah. full can of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I just tossed it at him, nailed him right in the ass. And he like freaked out and ran. I mean, I think. You're like you're, a 70s dot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because all these people were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, it's my cat. He's. He's, he's coming. Uh, yeah, I was like, he's just, he, he has some behavioral issues. I don't want to go and tell everybody in the room that you know, my cat's raping my blankets. But you know, you know what it reminds me? I think, I think maybe I'm giving him a complex about it now because I, you know, I get mad at him, even though I think he enjoys me getting mad at him. But I think it's like some kind of weird complex. Like, did you ever see, did I ever make you watch that video about the trainables? It's like sex education oh, for the yeah, mentally you, retarded. You, you, it's you from the 70s. Yeah, it's from the 70s. It's a training, it's like a training video for teachers. But in it, there's a, there's a scene where the mom like catches her son whacking it in bed. And she like opens the door and she's like, Billy, I saw what you're doing. It's perfectly natural. Enjoy it. It's a perfectly natural period of adolescence. And it's like, and Billy's just kind of this retarded kid. And he's just like, okay. I kind of feel like it's this situation, except I'm throwing a can of Diet Dr. Pepper at him. 
Yeah, so, you're going to create um, a killer day. That's what I'm wondering about, because the, the subject of our intro here, the show that you prepared, is about Israel Keys, a heinous serial killer. But Israel Keys jizzed on a lot of living and dead people. You know, <laughs> and most of the time, put it. <laughs> most of the time it was unsolicited jizz. Maybe a couple times it was solicited. But I'm concerned that if I leave this cat's behavior unchecked, my son might turn into another uh, Israel Keys. Well, I'm just going to say this bluntly, D. Israel Keys is probably one of the most intelligent serial killers, and I don't think Caliban stacks up to the level of intelligence that Israel Keys. I know was. you say that, but I think this is learned behavior. He knows how to piss off this Jew. He really <laughs> does. And I think he does it on purpose. So we are going to talk about Israel Keys today. <laughs> uh, he's a... I've convinced you to do this episode because he's my favorite model, modern serial killer. And I, like loads of people don't know about him. Well, I'm pretty sure we actually covered Israel Keys in the news the when time. it actually happened. Like, I think he was caught, what, like 2012 or something? Yeah, he, that's when he was caught. And it's all still coming out now. I think one of the reasons lots of people don't know about him is because he's still got a ton of bodies out there that they'll yeah, probably never find. The, the most of his victims can't be found. So he started his campaign of terror, he says, in 1996, and it ended with his capture, very embarrassingly for him, in 2012. So he's but, like a horror movie villain come to life. No, this is he, why I'm saying Caliban doesn't compare to okay. Israel. No, he might not be as smart, but is he the smartest serial killer? What about like the Unabomber? Ted Kaczynski was like a math professor at like University of Michigan. He was, but that's like he scored close to 200 on IQ tests. Um, and they always say that Ted Bundy, he was intelligent, but he actually scored averagely on IQ tests. I think, Ted Bundy um, is like, isn't as intelligent as you are. Bundy was about like uh, about around the same level as Dahmer. Yeah, just kind I mean, of. But I read that, uh, uh, who's the guy that uh, murdered um, Versace? Uh, Kuninen, Andrew Kuninen. I Andrew, heard he was one of the yeah. smarter uh, serial killers. Really? He was an educator. I don't one. buy that. It depends, like, Kemper. you know, Ed Kemper is also another one, but it depends on, like, what you view IQ tests because, like, it's not something that can help be held up in court. But none of them, I think, can compare to actually how intelligent Israel Keys was, especially for a modern serial killer where nowadays the FBI yeah. can find you. So, like, this is how Israel Keys kind of got away with it. He hunted remote areas in search of random prey. He killed for no reason other than the fun of it. And he used various methods. He killed far away from home in different jurisdictions to where he lived. He had no personal collection to any of his victims. He acted from no evident motives. During his trips away, he would turn off his cell phone, See, which is very a, intelligent. Key. Yeah. He would pay with cash, so he wouldn't have, so he would avoid leaving a trail. And the most intelligent thing about him is that he stashed murder kits around the country. He spaced out most of his murders and he would leave the scene of the crimes soon after he had finished jizzing on the dead bodies. So like, for instance, his most famous uh, victim, the one that got him caught is um, Samantha Koenig. He hid her body in her shed and then he just took off on a two week cruise. So he's so one of the things about him, he didn't return to the scene of the crime. You know, he... Uh... He like, yeah, the murder kits, he he covered his tracks. So it's like, I think especially now, if you think about it, it's like, that's how you GPS on your phone. That's how these people get caught. So it's like, yeah, no, he took precautions. So he's obviously, you know, there's obviously a lot of forethought into this. 
So I'll give you a little bit of, here's some background about Israel. So he was born in Cove, Utah on January the 7th, 1978. He was the second of 10 children in a Mormon family. Mormon. His Mormon family then abandoned the faith and his parents became radical fundamentalist Christians. And this was in, Israel was just a preschooler. During his FBI interviews, which are all up on YouTube, he described the faith as being militia-like. And his parents, they didn't believe in government interference, public schools, or modern med medicine. So none of them are getting the vaccine. Yeah, but I bet you they believe in QAnon. Oh, this is the total type of QAnon atmosphere <laughs> he was raised in. So when he was five, they moved into a one-room cabin. So this would be like 12 of them. And it, the cabin didn't have electricity or running water. And this was a, near Colville in Washington. Well, you wonder how a serial killer is born. This is it, people. It gets worse because the family attended a white supremacist church and uh, they had friends with their local neighbors, one of whom was a convicted family annihilator and neo-Nazi uh, Shibi Kehoe. All the children were homeschooled and kept in this insular environment because that's healthy. He would regularly break into neighbors' homes. He would steal guns and using these guns, of course, he loved hunting and he would pursue anything with a heartbeat. He would torture animals. Mm. And we all know that this is a future There's warning. There's a red flag. Yeah. While in custody, Keyes said that I've known since I was 14 that there were things that I thought were normal and that were, were okay that nobody else seemed to think were normal and okay. And we'll get into that. During his teenage years, he told his uh, very extreme religious family that he no longer shared their faith, that in fact he was a Satanist, although later on he would become an atheist. I can relate to this. Yeah, I can. At 15, I was like, yeah, Anton LaVey forever. But, but did you and, tell uh, your parents or you're like, no, I'm a Satanist now, okay? I basically woke up one day and I came downstairs in like a cradle of filth t-shirt and I just had corpse paint on and that's, it happened within like a day and that was me. <laughs> His dad cut ties of him, I can relate, <laughs> but he remained close to his mother throughout his whole life. So what do you think the son of a religious freak family is to do after they graduate high school? What would be your in your future for this person? One who likes torturing animals and shooting guns. Where are you gonna go? Sign up you? for the army. You're gonna sign <laughs> up for the military, say. of course. Of course you are. So you then they give the you army. guns and you're allowed to kill people. Yeah. In July of 1998, he was in Fort Hood in Texas. By all accounts, he was a good soldier. Uh, other soldiers said that he had a quiet demeanor. And he actually received an Army Achievement Medical for meticulous service. He was assigned as a gunner in mm. the Alpha Company 60 millimeter mortar section. Yeah. On the weekends, though, he would drink heavily, which would become his lifelong addiction, very similar to Bundy, and it led to him getting a DUI at one point. But he did his time in the army. He had stints abroad in Egypt, and he was honorably discharged in July of 2001. Hmm. So before he had joined the army in 98, he had already committed his first crime in 97. He had abducted a teenage girl from her hiking group near the Deschutes River. Deschutes? I think it's right. In Oregon, where he raped her, but he released her afterwards. So he was never caught or charged with that crime? No, but like when he was confessing to this in the FBI confessions, they managed to trace it back and like it all came together. They could hmm. see that he had done it. Not that the military would probably care. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're like, okay, how many did you rape? Oh, okay, just one. You didn't murder her, though, right? All right, fine. Here's an M16. Go kill some there brown you go, people. Son. 
He had also said that uh, this is according to his confessions in the FBI tapes. So he committed his first murders with an unidentified couple who are still yet to be discovered or named or named. And this is to become the theme of his MO later on. He moved to nearby Washington. He met a girl and he had a child. And he claims he also killed two more people whilst living here. Well, where's his kid these days? She, obviously in hiding, Dean. She's <laughs> wanting to admit that who her dad is. Changed her name, I'm sure. So, oh, wait, like or is it Alicia? Oh, what, Alicia? Alicia Keys, do you think oh, so? Oh, I just got that. Hey. Yeah, do you think? It, oh, my God, could you imagine? <gasps> I think she's probably older than Israel Keys, oh, so it would be some right. plot twist. So like we were talking before about his MO, he would target victims who just like happened to cross his path rather than like sticking to a specific profile, like, you know, Bundy liked girls with long, straight, blonde hair. And we all he know what Gacy liked. <laughs> we do. He's a spontaneous killer, though. Totally. Um, he says, this is a quote from him. He says, it's not as much to choose from in a manner of speaking, but there's also like no witnesses, really. There's no one else around. So he liked to go for people in like parks or cemeteries or campgrounds. This type of serial killer, by the way, is totally extremely rare. And it's probably what actually makes Keys so deadly. He would sometimes stalk his victims, totally preferring couples. And I'll tell you why he preferred couples later on. But if the whim and the frill, you know, if he suddenly got that boner for murder, he would just strike. He would just go out and kill you. So hmm. special like a spur agent. Of the moment kind of thing. Like yeah. If he, um, like so a snake. Must, well, he's opportunistic. So it's like if he's in a park and he sees like a couple there just like, you know, and no one else around, he's like, yeah, I'm going to murder take them. Him. Yeah. Of course. The opportunity so presents itself. Special agent Jolene Godin in the Anchorage division of the FBI. She's the one who led the investigation and she's the one in the FBI tapes as well. She says that he gave us a number of clues. He talked openly about some of the homicides, but much of what he said only hinted at the things he had done. And then he said, once I started, you know, there was nothing else like it. When he, and he was asked why he picked his victims out, he said, I didn't. It was just a random thing. Oh, so bad luck for the victims. Wrong place, wrong time. So it all started to, to really like move with momentum. In 2007, he established a reliable, very reliable construction company. He was, you know, very good at his job in Anchorage, which is where he now lived. And he was now free to travel the whole United States on work trips. And of course, his own style of hunting trips. And also bank robbing. He's a bank hmm. robber. You know, it sounds like he's such a thrill seeker, this guy. Yeah. He like, likes think, control. Yeah, he likes control, but I think he also like very similar to a certain cat that I know of. Like he's just, he's not content just sitting there being calm, looking out the window and just hanging out. He's got to go out and like, you know, stir some feathers, you know, like uh, stir some stir shit some up. Feathers. Like stir some ruffle some feathers, ruffle some feathers, <laughs> rape some blankets. That's what I mean. But you know, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I think that's, he's not content just uh, being complacent. If, uh, if you're going to Google any Israel Keys pictures, I definitely suggest that you type in uh, like Israel Keys bank robber so you can see his disguise that he used for robbing banks. So it's like the very typical sunglasses, a fake mustache and goatee. <laughs> and then he just has on like some stupid outfit that he would rob banks. And with the money that he would have from these banks, he would usually bury it or he would take big chunks of that and pay off credit cards. 
And um, some of this money that he, in 2009, after he'd robbed a bank, he buried with a kill kit near Essex in Vermont. Over a period of two years, he would return back and dig up this kill kit, which was like a five gallon waterproof drum. And he would add more and more items. So he's like, you know, What's the word? He's like making it better each time. He's just well, he's making a, yeah, a better he's enhancing kill kit. it. But what I what yes. I wonder about though is how does he know where the kill kits are buried? He remembers, of course he remembers. He's got a great memory for this and he would mark them down on maps. And he also He doesn't even have a cell phone. He's not even like I mean, he's using just maps. He's like he, he's people existed. People existed before cell phones. I know, There's but it also... was a pain in the ass to find shit. Even though he says things were random, he does have a particular place where he would like to do things. And if you want to hear more about this, there's a, a very long free year running um, podcast called True Crime Bullshit. It's a serial and every week it's about Israel Keys. It's called True but Crime he, Bullshit? True Crime Bullshit with Josh. <laughs> Josh, who is, he's, um, he's now dedicated his life to, to finding Israel Keys victims. But he does have a certain like um pattern to how he would leave the kill kits like he's got a pattern to how he would kill people and i will get more into that later so this kill kit he shoved in a silencer for the for the guns that were in there there was zip ties extra ammunition there was duct tape and there was also drano and he would use that to accelerate human decomposition so i've got a little clip here and this is the fbi showing off a kill kit that they had found he had caches that had uh, weapons guns zip ties anything that he would use to commit a homicide that was one type of cache he had a cache that also contained uh, money money that he stole from somebody and then the third type of cache that he had were those that had souvenirs so souvenirs that he took from victims that he that he killed and serial killers often like to take a souvenir correct in how many different states do you know did he have one of these caches? I don't think we know. I don't think we have you know, any idea as to actually how many there are. It's not really a barrel. It's just like an orange bucket from Home Depot. Yeah, it's like a drum. Yeah, it's, it's like an like orange drum. It's a waterproof drum. drum. Yeah. Some of them were um, just bin bags that he would leave out in the open. I wonder how many people like came across this, like hikers or something, or farmers, and or someone's dog dug one up. Exactly, but they're still out there. And so we were talking about how how does he remember where they are? So he had an actual habit. He murdered in rundown location. So nearly all the kill kits that have been mentioned or discovered to this state, they've been found near abandoned, out of place buildings. Some of these buildings have stuff, suffered mysterious fires. And in the early morning of July 8th, 2011, uh, with an abandoned home in mind with his kill kit nearby, Israel approached the home of Bill and Lorraine Courier on an absolute whim. So first things first, he disabled the phone line as all good killers do. It's very Manson family. He was dressed head to toe in black. He had a headlamp on his head. He broke in through the attached garage and he started rifling through the green satin sedan, which is parked inside. And then he found himself in the kitchen before he carried out what he called his blitz attack. So in less than six seconds, he was upstairs. He had managed to subdue them and he was beginning to tie them up. And within 15 minutes, he was transporting them to the abandoned farmhouse so nearby. Is he a big guy, like a physically dominant No, figure. he's not imposing. Can I just say this about Israel Keys as well? I think he's quite attractive. There's definitely something. I think he's kind of hot. because you're just attracted to murderers. 
to murder no but i mean out of all the the, the serial killers out there he's not ugly to look at and he's right. probably who would you rather taste. bone israel keys or ted bundy israel keys ted bundy has no lips what are you meant to do with a man with no lips you can't kiss <laughs> can't do he also had really bad teeth whereas israel keys has those nice nice american teeth <laughs> but, so he had taken the couple to this abandoned farmhouse as he was taking Bill, who was 49 and an animal care technician at the University of Vermont down into the basement, his wife, Lorraine, who was 55 and she worked in healthcare, she actually managed to escape. So he had to go back, capture her, and he tied her up to the bed with duct tape. But as he did this, Bill was making his own escape. So, so Bill had... He yeah. didn't try to drug them or sedate them. He just kind of overpowered no. them, duct tape like duct tape their hands, and I'm he doesn't want the drugs or sedated. But I'm amazed he that he's able to subdue two grown adults. Yeah, he's like he's control. He is a big guy. He's definitely in the six foot footer, and he's in the military. But if someone's hmm. got a gun pointed at you, D, you can do what they're going to say, aren't you? It's as simple as that. So Bill had been tied to a stool in the basement, and he was partly free as Israel came down and discovered him. And Israel says that pissed me off because there's a very specific way I want things done. And I had the whole thing planned out. I have everything I needed to do. Very OCD. And so you've got to think here, D. What were his plans for Bill? Why was he separating the couple? And when the FBI asked him that, he said, I'm not going to say what I was going to do to him. Investigators kind of put two and two together. Um, they basically know that Israel had planned to rape Bill too, and it would become apparent in his like MO later on that Israel was a sexual thrill control killer. He would fuck the men and he would fuck the women. That's why he liked to take couples. Hmm. So he said he was so annoyed, and then he said, and so when somebody messes up the plan, it kind of surprised even me that I had lost control that way. So he hit Bill with a shovel that he had found in the basement. Bill didn't go down. It took at least one more hit to knock him to the floor. This obviously didn't kill Bill. Hey, kill Bill. <laughs> or stop him from trying to escape. That was until Keyes shot him in the arms, head, neck, and chest. Then he went back upstairs to Lorraine, who has obviously heard these gunshots, and she's like fighting to get off the bed. He cut off all her clothes, and he raped her twice before he dragged her down to the basement, where in front of her dead husband in the messy, bloody crime scene that Keyes never liked, this never happened to him usually, he strangled her with a rope and zip tie until she died. He then poured Drano over both the bodies, and he fully intended on coming back at another point in time to burn the house to the ground. I was wondering about that with the uh, corpse decomposition. So most of his victims, did he usually like dig a hole and pour Drano over, over the victims and leave them buried? Like, what, what do you do with the bodies? Sometimes he would cover them in like, cause he's killing these people in abandoned homes that he would often keep watch on these abandoned homes, make sure that nobody had, had access to them or was going to them. Often he would just come back and set fire to the house hmm. after a couple of weeks, or sometimes it would be a year later. Um, and by which point, that's it. They're gone. Yeah, but a year later, the, the the corpses are just kind of in this abandoned home for a year. Yeah, nobody's going near a them. Vacant he's, home. He's yeah, watched. But, but what about some of the, the the people don't have kids? The people don't have relatives. Well, the in the Korea's case, nobody knew where they'd gone. Nobody knew what had happened to them until he confessed to it. Nobody knew that he had anything to do with it. Oh, he must it, have really selected these victims. You're based on certain situations. Good. So he's not always opportunistic. I think sometimes he stalks and hunts 
and goes after Sometimes. he goes after prey when the other time is other times it's like oh you know there's a, a a couple walking alone in the cemetery so what happened to this house where their bodies were it actually got torn down and demolished so all the evidence was eradicated and dumped in a landfill and he was very good at covering his tracks. This is how he got away with it. So in this case alone, he had traveled from Alaska to Chicago. He rented a car. He drove for over a thousand miles before uncovering his kill kit and finding his victims. So he didn't know the couriers. He didn't know he was going to select them. He just knew that he had a kill kit and he had a house that he had been watching. They're just the people that he took. So he had a kill kit in proximity to a, to a desolate home. Yeah. And he had a, so he must have watched that home for a bit and been like, okay, this is a good victim. This is a suitable victim. Yeah. So, um, so this is a quote from Godin from the Alaskan SBI, FBI again. She says, although he chose many of his victims randomly, a tremendous amount of planning went into these crimes. Keyes enjoyed what he did and he had no remorse at all. He told us that if he hadn't been caught, he would have continued kidnapping and murdering people. So this is his most famous known murder occurred next. On February the 1st, 2012, he drove around Anchorage. He was filled with the urge and he had the whim and he chose 18-year-old Samantha Kronig. He had been watching her for some time because he wanted to abduct her and her boyfriend. So he held her up at gunpoint at her job in this coffee kiosk. You can watch the footage of this. It's on YouTube. He tied her up and he waited for her boyfriend to arrive and her boyfriend never did. So he just gave up and dragged her out to his truck and abducted her. This wow, murder daylight? was the beginning was... of the end for him. In, in it's daylight kind of or at night? It's dusk time. It's like six, oh. seven at night. Hmm. So Israel, who actually was once rumored to have had a gastric band fitted so he wouldn't have to eat as often when he was stalking potential witnesses, <laughs> he would also shave off his body hair. And they also say that he possibly burnt off his fingertips to avoid detection. So this is a meticulous killer. He was a killer who would murder his victims, then ju disappear just as fast. He now is about to make the dumbest, sloppiest decision. And that's what they all do. They get complacent. So he okay, is- real quick. He, yeah. Was he married at this time? No, he daughter? had his long-term girlfriend with his daughter. Who, and she didn't think woman. it was weird that the guy had no body hair. Obviously Wouldn't you think not. it was weird if you're dating <laughs> someone and it's just like, you have no body hair, like zero body hair. Like you have no, you know, even your taint doesn't mean, would you be, would you be like, this is weird? Then not to mention the whole fingertip thing. Maybe she liked having sex with a dolphin. Because that's how, what I always think of when people don't have body hair. It's like being it's smooth weird. like a poipus. So he'd taken Samantha. He actually returned to Samantha's flat. He knew where it was. And he stole the her debit card. While he was in this act, um, her boyfriend came home and discovered him. He thought he was just a random burglar. And so he chased him out and Keys managed to get away. So Keys returned back to his house, poured himself a nice glass of red, and then he uh, returned to the shed where he had stashed uh, Samantha and he raped her brutally over the course of the night. Then he strangled her to death, stuffed her inside a freezer, walked mm. back inside his house. He woke up his daughter to take her to school. And then he went off to catch a flight to New Orleans so he could go for a nice, relaxing two-week cruise with his parents around the Gulf of Mexico. Just like nice, wholesome so stuff. In, the back, in their backyard, in the shed in the backyard, there's an 18-year-old murdered woman in her freezer yeah for in the freezer the, this guy lives there with his daughter 
and his wife or his girlfriend? Well, his daughter, his daughter was to another woman and his girlfriend, she was also traveling all the time for work. I think they definitely talk about it as on the podcast, but I think all in, they would maybe spend about four weeks a month together. If that they would mainly they would meet up for holidays. I'm thinking they probably ate out mostly rather than trying to cook like, you know, some of the What's frozen in the food that's <laughs> in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> so upon his return, but this wasn't this wasn't like he'd also been to Texas in this time. So he'd been on his cruise. He stopped off at Texas where he robbed a bank. He also set fire to a house just for the fun of it. He it's also then tried to abduct another young woman in South Carolina. He's filled with the urge. He returned back to Anchorage on February the 17th. I'm tear this guy. Yeah, and so this is his idea. He began preparing a ransom note. But first he decided to remove Samantha um, from the freezer. So he applied makeup to her frozen face. He sewed her eyes open with fishing line to give her the appearance of being alive. And he took a Polaroid of her holding up that day's newspaper. He then placed the typed note demanding $30,000 in cash, as well as the photograph of Samantha staged to look alive in a park under a memorial flyer for a dog named Albert before using her phone to text her boyfriend. It's like Weekend at Bernie's here. <laughs> really dark <laughs> Weekend if, at yeah, Bernie's. But I wonder if that's where he got his idea. It's like, hey, you know, this might work. This picture is really, um, the picture is also on the internet if you want to see it. So he then chopped up her body using a chainsaw and he dumped the body parts in a Matasuka Lake. At the same time, her father, James Koenig, he was believing his daughter was still alive after seeing the photograph. He was depositing the ransom money into Israel Key's account uh, with the $30,000 having been generously donated by members of the community. Uh, we're talking so, about GoFundMe. Um, so wait, how does she look alive? Like if you saw this photo, would you think she was alive? At first glance, when you see the photo, you think she's alive, but then you look a second time and she is very much not alive. Do you see the fishing line? <laughs> no, because it's obviously fishing line. You can't how was, see it. How was his makeup abilities? I would say he's pretty good for a makeup artist, actually. Ah. He's probably as good as like some amateurs on YouTube. He could have had yeah. his own YouTube channel. That could have been here, you know, because that's that's all the rage, isn't it, with those bimbos who do their makeup and talk about true crime. I don't what, get it. What would but have Israel been the, Keys could have been that. What would have been the uh, the premise of his YouTube show? Would have been like, here's how to like, you know, dress up a corpse and get ransom from the corpse's family, or would it be like just straight makeup tutorials? I think just straight makeup, but you know that he has a secret. <laughs> so he had obviously her family were depositing this money into his debit account and authorities at this time they were able to determine that the perpetrator was driving a white ford focus they were not fucking around in anchorage they were investigating this shit wow. so keys they pulled him over for a traffic stop authorities they found dye stained bills from a bank robbery they found a ski mask they found a gun and they also found Samantha's phone and debit card, and he was quickly arrested. See, so, that's, that's one thing about robbing banks. It's like, what, what do you do if they put dye in the bags? Like, can you use those bills? I'm not sure. Bank like, robbers you... get in touch with us. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just curious. Like, if you went to a casino, like, could you, and you pulled out, like, some red dye bills or something, like, would people Maybe. be, like, I've you always know, wanted suspicious to or... Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I have I, if I did it, robbers. yeah, if I did, I would definitely wear a goatee, though. That's for sure. So obviously, he's he's got arrested because he got sloppy again. It's a tale as old as serial killer time. 
But unlike a lot of other killers, this story did not stop with, with his arrest. If anything, the story had only just started. Under interrogation, he's very cool, he's calm, he's collected. At times, he's really fucking bored. And he kind of dealt all the cards, telling the investigators that he would start confessing to his crimes if they gave him what he wanted. And what he wanted was a death sentence. And we have like a little clip here of like some of how he's acting during these confessions. I would have preferred to wait until they find the bodies in Vermont, but it sounds like that could be a while, so I guess as long as we have that letter from them, then uh, you know, as soon as I have a chance to, to look it over or have other, you know, other people look it over, then, then we can uh, move on to the New York trip that, I mean, you guys already have, I'm sure, quite a bit of information on it. So probably have more than I remember at this point. <laughs> so, except, I mean, except <laughs> certain details. Yeah, cracking himself up there. I I'm kind of feel like I'm in the position where I've given you a certain amount of information. None of it has, or I shouldn't say none of it. About half of what I thought we had an understanding on, it means Looking for the death penalty is going to make this into a bigger surface than it already is, and they're going to take all this information that I, um, the things that I've done, and put it in a public sentencing hearing. I it doesn't have to happen that way, though. So wait, wait, wait. he was worried or concerned about having all the details come come out or be revealed about what he did in like a public hearing yeah he didn't want that because he thought it would uh, like it, it was to protect his daughter and he also he's not the type who's going to be sitting around in a jail cell and he wouldn't yeah. actually be sitting in his jail cell for very long either so what are, what are they trying to do get a plea from him like get him to confess all the murders and then there's not going to be a public trial Basically, yeah, he'll get have it in writing from the judge, which obviously can't happen. He kind of no, knows that. That's what I don't understand. It's like, no, of course there's going to be a public trial. You're a serial killer. What do you expect? You're going around the country murdering people and robbing banks. It's like, of course the public's going to want to know about the details of your crimes. And to discover the victims that he yeah, that he it, never talked about. You know, so looking, he did have. You know, looking yeah. at his picture here of him and uh, being interrogated, he kind of looks like what I what I envisioned boner villain to look like. No, he doesn't. Boner villain's fat. I don't think boner villain's fat. I think he's like a skinny weirdo with his guns. Oh, see, I've, and I've always pictured him to look like Israel Keys. Actually, I think I always think boner villain's um, short and chubby, and is really constantly sweating. That's what I think about boner. I, I, I could see the constantly sweating, but I don't think he's like short and like stubby. Yeah, I mean that's why you can't get the chicks. Israel Keys is over six foot. He's got really thick, luscious hair. Like he would have done well on the internet dating. I, just you know, you never know. He foot. could just be a weirdo that's like an incel, like that uh, that Rogers kid. That kid wasn't an attractive kid. He he was, you know, attractive. Yeah, you think Elliot Rogers is attractive? He was, no, I'm saying he wasn't unattractive. He wasn't hideous as uh, as a lot of other kids are. He also came from a rich family, but he couldn't get laid because he was a fucking weirdo. A, same Israel deal could have been with Israel Keys. Did all right with the ladies. We'll just put it. Honestly, we you should listen to right true crime you. bullshit. He would have done all right with me. <laughs> He had tried to escape, but they tasered him and he's subdued. 
Um, whilst under lock and key at the Anchorage Correctional Complex for the murder of Samantha Kronig, he managed to smuggle a razor blade into his cell and he died by suicide. This isn't an Epstein situation. He completely did it wow. with self-inflicted wrist cuts and strangulation on December the 2nd, 2012. Wait, so he um, hung himself and slit his wrist? Yeah, very dramatic. Yeah. And this is actually how I actually came to know about Israel Keys because he left behind the grandest of suicide notes. And the, I read this in like a, a magazine and I was like, everyone should go and read the whole thing, but I'm just going to read out a little bit of it now. So this is like a poetry corner. This is like me reading out the BTK or something. <laughs> Where will you go, you clever little worm, if you bleed your host dry? Back in your ride, the night is still young. Streetlights push back the black and neat rows. Off to the right, a graveyard appears, lines of stones, bodies molder below. Turn and away quick, bob your head to the seat. As straight though, you stop, sign your roll, loaded truck with lights off slam into you broadside. Your flesh smashed as metal explodes. You may have been free. You loved living your lie. Fate has its own scheme. Crushed you like a bug. You still die. <laughs> soon now, you'll join those ranks of the dead. Or your ashes, the wind will soon blow. Friends and family will shed a few tears. Pretend it's off to heaven you go. But the reality is you were just bones and meat. And with your brain died also your soul. So like, oh, yeah, he's a real profound. poet laureate. Yeah, He is like Dennis Rader though. But you know, he actually hated Dennis Rader. He called Dennis, because um, Israel Keys was also a serial killer fan. He listened to true crime podcasts. He might have listened to Sick and Wrong. You oh, he never know. at the time. Huh. He loved podcasts. He hated Dennis Rader. He called him a wimp. Um, he regularly read true crime novels, which, you know, I can relate to. But unlike me, he had a lot of respect for Ted Bundy. But you can see why he did admire Ted Bundy. I mean, both were alcoholics, methodical, the control freaks, sexual predators and rapists. But the main difference being that Bundy was heterosexual and uh, Keyes didn't actually have He's a sexual trisexual. preference for his victims. Try anything. Um, why, why, why did he think Dennis Rader, BTK, was a wimp? Because he showed remorse for his crimes. Oh, because he like said, but you know, he was probably trying to do that to uh, get a lesser charge or get some kind of sympathy. Oh yeah, but I mean, Dennis Rader's pathetic. They yeah. all are. His surprise actually, su his suicide actually surprised the FBI investigators because they they knew that he was enjoying the cat and mouse game that he was playing. And you can tell that, I mean, we just heard him laughing in the interrogation. How many other like serial killer interrogations do you hear where he's having such a good time? Hmm. And uh, Godin said that his crimes were meticulously planned and our interviews with him were the same in a way. I never got the sense that he accidentally told us something or got angry and something flew out of his mouth. My impression was that he always knew what he was going to give us. See, now this is another thing that sounds somewhat familiar. He's enjoying this cat and mouse game. He's enjoying pissing them off, getting chased. Um, you know, he, uh, would, he would plan out everything. Sounds very similar to a certain cat that I know. <laughs> <laughs> loves getting chased. Loves it. Loves, does. loves making me angry. He uh, plans out when he's going to do it because he knows I'm ignoring him or I'm busy or I'm, you know, obviously uh, preoccupied in a meeting. That's when he does it. A lot of similarities. That's what I'm saying. 
So an FBI agent told 48 Hours that they believe that 11 is the total number of victims. He never named these victims. His plan was to use them as leverage or to keep them secret until the day he died. In his confession, he alluded that he killed four people in Washington State, a couple sometime between 2001 and 2005, and two separate victims in 2005 and 6. He also stated that in 2009, he murdered someone on the East Coast and then he left the body in New York State. So the FBI is relatively confident that this victim was Deborah Feldman, who was a New Jersey resident at the time, and she went missing in April 2009. All these cases are still open. Yeah, They're still working gonna, them. Well, how will they know? I mean, if he didn't confess to it, I mean, well, they have to somehow tie it together, yeah. Yeah. So Keith said that if you know he hadn't been stopped his next line of human hunting he was going to visit towns that have been ravaged by hurricanes and tornadoes of his construction company it'd be easy to find new victims and his ultimate plan was to build a house specifically to imprison and murder his victims he's wow. one of the most 21st century's most terrifying serial killers and he's like kind of as close to like a real life horror movie villain as you can get i mean he puts buffalo bill to shame I mean, he's yeah, gonna make a does. whole prison with tornado victims and then just murder them. As of 2021, his murder kits have been located in Alaska, New York, and New York, but he's admitted to having murder kits in Washington, Wyoming, Texas, and possibly Arizona. Anch uh, Anchorage homicide detective Monique Dahl said of Keys, he didn't kidnap and kid kill people because he was crazy. He didn't kidnap and kill people because his deity told him or because he had a bad childhood. Israel, kills Israel Keys did this because he had got an immense amount of enjoyment out of it, much like an addict gets an immense amount of enjoyment out of doing drugs. In a way, he was an addict and he was addicted to the feeling that he got when he was doing this. And when he was asked by investigators why he committed his crimes, Keyes simply replied, why not? Wow, yeah. You know, if you were to ask my cat, why are you jizzing all over <laughs> my expensive blankets? Guaranteed, he'd be like, why not? Why not? It feels not? good. You know, Israel Keyes also reminds me of the type that would love like a zombie apocalypse. He, he would be would one of those kill. people that would become like the governor Negan or something. Like he'd be like, yeah, I'm now I have my community. I get to murder anyone I want. Could be in complete control. He's exactly what you would fear in that type of situation. Yeah. My favorite modern serial killer. I don't think there's many killers that even come close to Israel Keys, And I don't think they'll ever discover, discover who his victims were. Well, he is also, I mean, just the fact how ambitious he is. He's like, he's going after couples because he, like Berkowitz, son of Sam, Dave Berkowitz, um, he would come and surprise couples and just shoot them in the face. But this guy was subduing couples. Like he was to coming rape up, both to of rape them. both yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, just so evil. So even like that kind of bisexual killer is also rare in itself. And then ki burying kill kits and... Honestly, if, if everyone wants to know more about him, just listen to True Crime Bullshit. It's been going for three years. Oh, just only about Israel there. Keys? No, he does break up the series. I think it's series one and series three have all been about Israel Keys, and then there's another woman whose name I forget right now. She's season two. Um, it's it's a bit flowery of a podcast, but it's very good if you want to know more about Israel Keys. Well, it's a cautionary tale for me because if I don't check my son's behavior, I think he might turn <laughs> to the next Israel Keys. Um, people, this is episode 799 here of Sick and Wrong, one episode away from 800. Um, we got some uh, news stories coming up next, got some phone calls a little later in the show. Uh, but first, here's a word about our Patreon page. 
Hello, Sick and Wrong patrons. In case you haven't noticed, and judging by the numbers you haven't, Sick and Wrong has their very own Patreon page, where you can find outtakes, extra stories, extra phone calls, and a whole lot more. These guys are putting out at least another hour to a week of additional content. To put it in perspective, here are some things that are more expensive than a $5 a month membership on Patreon. A pack of smokes. A value meal at any drive-thru. One $6 whore. Three $2 whores. A $10 crack rock. A six-pack of beer. A beer at pretty much any club. One movie ticket. Two joints. And two gallons of petrol. Hell, when you break it up, it costs less than 17 cents a day. And that's cheaper than feeding a starving African child. So sign up and help these Jews continue to craft the fine podcast we all enjoy so much today. So the first story we have here has to do with a neighborhood peacock named Azul who was shot dead after a fed-up local put a hit out on him on Craigslist. Only in fucking America. What the fuck? This peacock. I love him. Who <laughs> well, hates Well, the guy, the local, put out a hit because the bird was as loud as a car horn. I can understand they, that. It's annoying. Every day. They are loud. But they're, they're beautiful and they're just precious wonders of nature. I fucking love Smith's peacocks. You that, know who else what? loved peacocks? Michael Hunter Jackson. Hunter S. Thompson. Oh. No, Hunter S. Thompson <laughs> had like 10 of them. So did Michael Jackson. Ranch. He had a fucking Neverland Ranch. had like fucking 10 of them. Yeah, but he also had little kids. Do you know what he he did to those peacocks? He diddled them. Probably. But but peacocks aren't like indigenous to California. This peacock here, Azul, had lived in Azalea Heights neighborhood of McKinleyville, which is kind of up north by Eureka. That's like northern California for years. I've always wanted to go to Eureka. McKinleyville is north of Eureka. But I mean, this, this peacock lived there for years, which is weird because they're not indigenous. That's not where they're from. Well, no, but people buy them. Do you think, what, Hunter S. Thompson's peacocks were native to Colorado? People buy them. They bring yeah, them in and then they roam wild, about. But this is a wild peacock. They're like, all they, wild. You can't train them. Yeah, but Hunter S. Thompson fed them. They lived on his property. This is like a wild peacock that just kind of roamed the neighborhood. I bet they're all feeding it because you know that I would be feeding uh, Azul. He'd well, be coming to my house. Any, they're not feeding him anymore because no. he was found dead. <laughs> The oh, bullet that... wound this past Wednesday. Oh. Um, this peacock was a beloved uh, member of this California neighborhood. He was shot dead after an irate resident posted an ad on Craigslist seeking someone to get rid of the bird because it made too much noise. The resident offered to pay for its removal in a post on Craigslist's wanted section. So let, let me read this ad out. It's amazing. Okay. The job is simple. Get rid of a wild peacock that is disrupting our lives. Locating the bird is as easy as easy as it roosts in the trees near my house every evening around 8 to 8.30 p.m. There are no fences, so access is easy, but please note that I do not own any of this property. So you must be a renter. The bird came here about four months ago. No one knows from where. No one here owns it. If you've ever heard a peacock's call, you know it's as loud as a car horn. This bird wakes me up every morning around 5, 5.30 a.m. That would piss me off, telling you that. And continues calling for about three hours. So starting at 5, for three hours, this thing is honking all morning. Yeah, it's fucking nature, mate. Do you know what, right? 
I'm going to say this as a night shift worker. I've had to adapt to working nights. So when I come home and I go to bed at nine in the morning, I have blackout curtains and I've just gotten used to it. And I can I could sleep through the destruction of the house next door to me because I'm usually so tired. Well, there's a fucking this peacock a outside your window wanker. honking for hours. Put some fucking earphones in. Why don't you ring someone like, well, America must have like the RSPCB that comes and looks after birds. Why don't you ring these people and say, hey, guess what? There's a weird fucking peacock well, here. He He's did, not used he, to this area. He tried. So let me get to that. But anyway, he goes, uh, I put in earplugs, put a pillow over my head. Sometimes this works, sometimes not. It's been going on for four months. Crazy. And so then he put a map with a, with a red circle where the bird lives first house he said this neighbor puts out bread so the bird will hang around second house i don't know what this neighbor thinks about the bird contact me so we can form a strategy strategy to eliminate this bird and also we can figure out a compensation plan can i just say that you should never feed uh, birds bread feed them oats or get them seed bread is bad for them or alka seltzer no, David, don't feed that to birds. <laughs> I do like how you can order hits on animals through Craigslist. And someone will actually take jail. up the offer, though. But someone's, good, someone's like looking through job listings, like help wanted on Craigslist. And is like, hey, I'm qualified for this position. I could go I whack a peacock. I so for this bird. <laughs> I love him. He deserved better. The job is simple. Someone get rid of the peacock. So... The bird died, and uh, they found the bird's uh, body, um, you know, bleeding out um, on, the, on the roof of someone's house. And after discovering the ad following the death, heartbroken residents set out to unmask the poster and bring them to justice. So the search zero- zeroed in on one man who lived at one of the homes in the map and was identified here as a neighbor, the irate neighbor, Reagan Tilsey, neighborhood pariah. Reagan Tilsey. Reagan Tilsey. Yep. Tilsey yeah. told, uh, when he was questioned by the uh, newspaper here, he said he didn't even know the peacock was dead and he refused to confirm whether or not it was him who was behind the ad. Um, the author claimed that the peacock had a noisy call in the morning, which woke them up at dawn, calling it as loud as a car horn. And, uh, you know, he said he goes, I'm bothered by the peacock, but he was like, am I being charged with a crime? Because he's not admitting to anything. Because they can't prove it was him. He should be charged with a crime. This is a beloved, beautiful animal, and he's ordered an assassination of it. Well, I'm not sure I would order a hit out on the bird. I I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't put up an ad asking someone to murder the bird. But what I might do is get a friend to help me kidnap it, put it in like a, you know, like a a burlap sack, and drive it 30 miles away and just let it go. I might do that. I, no, I would drive it to like the nearest zoo and be like, I know this is really random, but this this fucking peacock just showed up and I don't know what to do with it. Nobody else is helping me take it. It's your problem now. Here's, here you go, zoo. I'd rather just dump it in someone's someone else's neighborhood. Or you know what he could do too? He could go get a pet cougar that might be able to take care of the peacock problem. I would love to have a peacock roosting in the trees in my back garden. I, do you know how much I would feed that fucker? I'll get him so fat and chunky. He'd be my and when people came around, I'd be like, "Come and come and look out what's in my tree. Come on, you see that? That's my fucking peacock there, well, and he'll then, bite you." Yeah, but then the next week you might find that peacock dead, covered in blood, with a gunshot wound to the lower breast. 
Oh, the I'd bird so appeared upset. to have an entry wound, no exit wound. Oh, just forensic full of evidence shock. concluded there was no exit wound. So the neighbors here, Melissa and Mike Glassy, the peacock, who they named Azul, adopted them six years ago when he showed up at their house on uh, Melissa, the wife's birthday. Um, and the bird kept returning to their property, roosting in nearby trees and coming in close to receive bits of bread. You can already tell what this woman sounds like. He comes for the company, but stays for the extra treats. Are you trying to say that that's what I'm going to sound like? Yes, that's what you're going to sound like, feeding your fucking weird peacocks. Well, I already feed the birds in my garden. I would just love to have a peacock Well, I think you do that so you can uh, help your cat kill them. No. The the bird's death was so recent um, that in uh, describing his habits, uh, they kept switching between past and present tense because they hadn't accepted... The death of the bird yet. Azul is dead. Mike, the husband, said he taps on the uh, sliding glass window and we give him bread. Enablers. Fucking enablers. You don't feed wild animals. You don't feed them bread. You should feed them oats or get some special seeds for them. Although I imagine that peacocks probably have a kind of a bit of an omnivore diet. You can probably give them a bit of it. Oh, yeah, but I you give don't feed wild animals. Because once you start doing that, they come around, they get used to you, you know, they... Yes. Yeah, but they they lose their survival instinct. No, they come around to your place at a certain time every day, and then they become your animal minions. I would love an army of raccoons that would show up at my door at seven o'clock every night, and then I'm just like, here you go, boys, and then my little raccoons. Okay, don't you read what happens when people feed bears? I would never feed a bear. I'm not an idiot, but I can feed a raccoon or a peacock and have them be my little animal minion and be like my buddy for life. Yeah, until they uh, bite you and give you rabies. Um, so the, <laughs> the neighbors here learned of uh, the peacock's death after a resident Zool! at a seniors-only mobile home park found it in her yard and went to tell the glasses. She ran over and she could barely talk. Um, Mike, the husband, believes the bird just bled out slowly for a couple hours. It's like a mob oh, hit. No. <laughs> the <laughs> Iceman like took him out. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, the news of his death spread quickly among the uh, small group of neighbors who loved and cared for the bird over the past few years. Uh, those who had seen the Craigslist ad immediately suspected who the culprit must be Reagan Tilsey, peacock Reagan assassin. Tilsey. Pariah of the neighborhood. Oh, they Why hate him. Reagan go? Obviously, all these neighbors are having, you know, hearing this fucking bird like honking away. Why isn't he saying to them like, "Listen, guys, I honestly can't stand it. Can we do something about this bird?" Instead of like calling out a fucking hit. Why is this guy such a pathetic piece of Craigslist ad white trash that he can't just be like, "Yeah, I can't handle this." Like, well, what he a- did. And that's what I'm getting to here. No. So the glasses, you know, they who were enablers feeding the bird bread, uh, they found a friend's post on Facebook that linked to the deleted Craigslist ad. Uh, they claim that the blue icon in the map, it was in the ad here, uh, pointed towards a man who uh, they previously had trouble with, Reagan Tilsey, oh. including battles regarding the peacock. Numerous occasions he asked them to relo- relocate the peacock because it was bothering him. And they and Melissa said he knew it was ours, and we all said no to his relocation request. So he had As in reached the out to them. Well, that's what she's saying. And he had reached out to him and been like, you know, you don't have a cage. This isn't your animal. It's not your pet. You know, and it's a nuisance. You know, it's a menace. 
going around here waking people up all night. I think we should relocate the animal. I would have reported her ass to the DNR. If the entire neighborhood is happy to have the bird there and he's the only person who can't fucking man it up and sleep through it um, because he's apparently a pussy sleeper, then uh, fuck him. No, the bird stays, mate. He brightens up the neighborhood. Look how well, beautiful he is. He's a zoo. Not zool. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tilsey was approached by a newspaper because after uh, these, the neighbors here fingered him, he says, I'm not answering anything unless you could tell me if a crime has been committed. He claimed he didn't own a firearm, and he described several disputes with neighbors as circumstantial evidence before hanging up the phone. Neighbors called authorities after the dead peacock was found, but it really is not clear if a crime has been committed. Um, when Mike, who's the husband here, talked to the fish and game department, they asked him, was it your pet? Do you have a cage for it? The state's fish and wildlife laws don't protect peacocks. Um, and that's true. Peacocks are not protected by the state's fish and wildlife laws, and they have no regulations regarding trapping, selling, or killing them. And so there's not much that can be done because the peacock wasn't caged. I mean, it roamed free throughout the neighborhood. So it wasn't really anyone's pet. So they can't sue him for, you know, like a malicious uh, kill, killing someone's animal. But there has been a crime committed, D. The crime of murder. (laughs) Murder. He's committed the crime of murder. Well, the Humboldt County Sheriff's Office did decide to look into the incident. And depending on the facts of the situation, if the peacock was found to indeed to have been shot... Whoever's responsible could face charges of discharging a firearm near a residence and possibly even animal cruelty. Because if it was done, it is animal cruelty. So the glasses are also considering the possibility of a civil suit. And so they contact an attorney. You know what they should do? They should go on Judge Judy. Oh, this would be a great case of Judge Judy. This sounds like such a Judge Judy case. This Reagan guy is going to have to move because all the neighbors hate him now. He is totally like, yeah, he's he's going to get run out of town with pitchforks. So he should be watching his back because if I was them, I'd be like, let's just go and cut his phone line. Let's just go and cut the electricity to his house. Let's just fucking fuck with this. Well, they can't prove it was him. I mean, what I wonder is- They know it was him. How much do you think he paid the guy to take out the peacock? Couple of hundred? You think 200 bucks to murder a peacock? I think, why else would you do it? The guy who shot this peacock is obviously not a good shot either. You'd think he would just take off the head. Oh, God, could you imagine how much worse that would have been for everybody? Like yeah, the head just blowing off? Oh. Yeah, no, he just got one to the uh, If the I chest. was them, I would take the body and I would make it into taxidermy and I would display it so that he could see it. Oh, within view of the guy's home. Yeah, yeah. but you know what, though? How loud is that uh, taxidermy? I would play. I would have a noise. Because that's the <laughs> I'd type have a of noise machine. That's that's the type of peacock I would prefer, the taxidermied one. Anyway, <laughs> what do you have here for the second story? Right. So all the people who hate it when I do accents, uh, I'm not even going to apologize for what's about to occur in this. Woman accused of plowing through ex-boyfriend's funeral. She's now charged with uh, vandalizing a Jesus statue. Ooh, Are you ready like for a, this deal? Sounds like a deal. I just called you deal. <laughs> yeah. A Barnesville, a Barnesville, Minnesota woman is accused of vandalizing a statue of Jesus outside of St. Mary's Cathedral in downtown Fargo. Isn't that just cheese and crackers there, D? Oh, I went a bit Irish. You get a little Irish there. Oh, geez. Oh, cheese and crackers. Oh, geez. 
the Fargo City Prosecutor's Office, they say that 28-year-old Blair Witten, she's been charged with one count of misdemeanor criminal mischief. The Blair Witch? Yeah, she's the Blair Witch of Fargo. Well, have you oh, seen geez. the picture of her, though? It's amazing. I actually didn't look at the picture. She kind of looks, looks like. She kind of looks a bit like that girl in D'Antward. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. She's not. She's not that tiny. She's not that petite. But she looks kind of like her blonde hair, really pale. But she's crazy got like eyes. a crazy eyes for sure. But she's got like a black upside down pyramid tattooed on her neck. Is that like an Illuminati? Symbol? Like on her throat. I think it's a symbol of a crazy psycho. <laughs> she's like some Indian girl with like a upside down black pyramid tattooed on her throat. Um, so the the face of Jesus, the marble statue, which was located at 604 Broadway, it had been spray painted black. She had given him corpse paint or she was dressing him up to be in the minstrels <laughs> in the early morning hours of April 17th. It has been located outside the main entrance to St. Mary's since 2018. And it had come from a church that had closed in the uh, Archdionysus of Cincinnati. The statue, they've managed to clean up. So, like, they've had they've chemicals on Jesus's face. So, that's Is pretty good. Is it racist to make Jesus blackface? No, because Jesus was black. So, is that so the point of not... her doing this? Like, it was like, this well, is Jesus is originally would... black, so I'm just returning him to his natural color. That is totally how I would um, argue the case in point in court and be like, well, Jesus isn't white. There it you would go. have been better if she would have been like put like a swastika on his forehead or like a pentagram or something. I, I think if she did just done corpse paint, it would oh. look better. <laughs> yeah, like a King Diamond kind of corpse oh, paint. Oh, that would look great. cool. King yeah. Jesus Diamond. She's also um, been charged with one count of a misdemeanor reckless endangerment, which stems from a May 1st incident at the Riverside Cemetery in South Fargo. So according to the court documents in this case, Officers responded to a disturbance at the cemetery and they were told by members of the public that a vehicle had been driving over grave sites and trying to run people over. An officer <laughs> detained a female driver on the north side of the cemetery and she quickly identified herself as Deanne Wood's crazy girlfriend. Wow. She told like, police... Wait, she was just driving over graves trying to <laughs> run people yeah. over? Why? <laughs> She told police that she'd shown up for her ex-boyfriend's funeral. This is how much she loved this dick. He has a diamond-level dick. And uh, she was sitting in her car at the cemetery when people, like, approached her vehicle. This is what she said. She's come to disrupt her ex-boyfriend's um, funeral. How do you think he died? He's obviously a young man. God, he probably died. Probably, <laughs> probably tried died running away from her. They Can probably he got into a fight, and he, like, ran away from her and got hit by a truck. Is there meth in Fargo? To me, it doesn't seem like there would be meth in Fargo. No, there's a lot of meth. There's meth everywhere. Is there a meth in Fargo? Probably lots of oxy, too. Oh, cheese and crackers. Anyways, she told police that she thought the people would hurt her, so she drove off, being careful. She was careful not to hit any graves, but she just <laughs> drove just through a cemetery. mowing over them, though. This so is wait, like a Liam Neeson film. Was she not invited to the, to the, the funeral? That's I'm getting that vibe that she wasn't invited to the funeral, but she was there in her car and people must have gone up to her and been like, look, he's dead. Can you not just like give him just a break? Give it up. Yeah. And she Cash was just like, issues. fuck you. And she just drove off. God, psycho so, hosebeast here. 
the father of the deceased, he told police that he saw her and he said that she was not wanted at the funeral. And then she drove her SUV at high speed across the cemetery, um, frightening everyone. <laughs> Another witness told police that as he was approaching her parked vehicle after the burial to ask her to leave, she accelerated towards him, causing him to jump out the way and to fear for his life. It's totally like taken but yeah. with a really crazy Dion well. would Kind of, just like insane person driving over graves. I don't know what she's trying to take. Is she trying to take the corpse back? Well, the reason she's not welcome at this funeral, because she had been making harassing posts on social media about her ex-boyfriend and his death. So they would just kindly uninvited her. I really wished uh, yeah, I could have found yeah, what she'd been said. saying about him. But yeah, she pleaded not guilty to both of these, which shows you how dumb she is. And in addition to these charges, she faces a number of other charges, including charges of terrorizing, because, you know, she's driving <laughs> cars at people, attempted simple assault on an officer, refusal to halt, unlawful possession of drug paraphernalia, and unlawful possession of a controlled substance. <laughs> no fucking Meth. shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, though, but she kind of, like, has that look. Same with the D'Antward chick. It's like there's something about her that's, like, kind of hot. Yeah. Like, in a psycho, like weird, hostbeast kind of way, it's like, she'd be kind of fun, you know, maybe For one five night. minutes. Yeah. Like, yes. maybe, like, you know, get kind of drunk, spend one night together, and then I'll have to deal with her. But the problem is you will have to deal with her because she'll haunt your nightmares. See, this is why I never shagged Nazi Allen. I had an opening, but I never did it because I just knew that Nancy Allen would be the type who'd be at my door screaming at like 4 a.m. wanting I, more. I, you know, it's it's way more common with uh, men, um, especially men named Nazi Allen. Like, where would you meet a guy nicknamed Nazi Allen? Uh, I met him in the pub. Uh, Nazi Allen's a, a mate of a mate of mine. He's funny. Uh, I could have shagged him. He's not unattractive. Where do you get the nickname uh, Nazi Allen? Because he, he's a Nazi. Oh, he's a full-on Nazi. He's not a full-on Nazi, but he's very much against, uh, you know, the Jews. <laughs> no wonder you're so attractive. You got such a great type. It's like Israel he Keys, Nazi Allen. Yeah, well, I didn't shag either Israel Keys or Nazi Allen, did I? There you go. <laughs> Pussy close to them. So the police were called to Fort Knox in downtown Fargo on a report of a female who was trying to also break into a business and threatening to murder the staff. <laughs> An account provided by the police officer um, indicated that she had run away from the scene as the police arrived and Lita pulled away and screamed racial slurs while police placed her in handcuffs in a nearby alley. This is my second question. Is everyone in Minnesota not just fucking white? Well, I, you know, no, no, no. Prince is from Minnesota. That's a good point. The time He's from, from Minneapolis. Minnesota. Yeah, to Minneapolis. me, in Fargo, everyone is just as white as the snow. I'm sure there's like at least three black people. There must be three of them. Well, one of these is a police officer and she's shouting racial slurs at him. So bar employees told police that they were closing down the bar when she had tried to rip open the front doors. <laughs> the, the bar employees said that the business was closed and she replied that she would come... I wonder if I can do this in Minnesota. I will come back and murder you when you leave, don't you know? That's According... Irish. Oh, don't you know? It's a hard accent to get. I like it, though. Whenever I watch Fargo, in that third season with Ewan McGregor, very disappointing, but I love... Whenever I watch it... Great. The first two seasons are great. 
And uh, but after I binge watched them, I just spent a whole month talking in Minnesota, eh? Going, oh, cheese and crackers. It's like cross Irish uh, Midwest, but close. You well, you do your Minnesota accent then. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. You got any beer, eh? It's oh, almost that's Canadian. quite good, eh? Yeah, it is quite good. Well, it's on the border, It's so eh? warm in here. It's cold outside. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Don't you know? <laughs> Why would you date her? She doesn't seem to have <laughs> a very agreeable her. nature. Seems kind of crazy you, to me. Jeez. Can you put a piece of cheese on this apple pie, eh? <laughs> <laughs> People don't even do that. That's what Ed Gein Who puts wanted. fucking cheese on their apple pie? People do it. And do you know what? I'm going to do it because I've read so much about it and I actually think it will be nice. A warm apple pie. Don't With stick cheese. Dick in it. What kind of cheese? Like craft slices? Just, just, yeah. No, I just think a bit of cheddar. Eh? First of all, they don't do that. That does they not do happen. They do it. It's a thing. They put fucking ice cream thing. on your pie. Ed Gein, who I am aware well, is Ed not from Gein, Minnesota. Well, Ed Gein's from Wisconsin. They do eat a lot yeah. of cheese there. Ed Gein also like was making like a I don't know skin like suits. a skin suit out of fat women. I don't. I would take his opinion. I mean, he's a little weird, and it's weird I... to put fucking cheese on your apple pie. Right. This week, I'm going to get an apple pie. I'm going to put some cheese on it, and I'm going to report back next week. Possibly, this might be hidden behind a paywall on the Patreon. So you might have to sign up to the patron to hear how the apple pie turns out. This is the <laughs> same person who puts tuna in her baked potatoes. Okay, people? Not just me, all of Europe. Okay? Right. <laughs> she, According to the court documents, they said that she had also begun climbing on a vehicle belonging to one of the employees. She's just off her fucking nut, man. She's a she super villain. She's so fucking high She's like the meth. Witch of Fargo. She's amazing. Well, she was being dragged to jail. Um, she tried to kick an officer, so she's like, it's like arresting a goat. And her <laughs> substance, believed to be marijuana, as well as a glass pipe, were found on her. Well, so I'm assuming, yeah, I'm assuming the glass pipe was for, used to have meth in it, and she's having the marijuana to come down on. Yeah, Because you don't act like this when you've just had some weed. The only thing you can ever do on weed is like pick up the phone and order a pizza. Yeah, no, she's on like, like bath salts or something. So she made a court appearance uh, with these charges on Friday and the conditions of release uh, that were set. She's on a $5,000 bail. I bet she can't afford that, although I am being stereotypical. Um, although there is a 10% bond and she's allowed to go out on her own personal um, reconnaissance. So the maximum penalty that she is facing when she goes back to court and faces the judge for her, what, it's like a GTA style yeah, get away through a cemetery, trying to rip off doors off bars, kicking police officers. She's, she could face 30 days in jail and a, a one and a half grand fine. But th that's it. That's it. She's not been back to court yet. But D, why couldn't the baby Jesus be born in Minnesota? Well, you never know. No, D, this is a question. Why couldn't the baby Jesus be born in Minnesota? Why? Because they couldn't find free wise men or a virgin. <laughs> hey! Minnesota, eh? A-list humor there. A-list <laughs> humor. Yeah, you know, she sounds like a keeper. At least dating a girl like that, you know, life's going to be interesting. Unpredictable. I think, she sounds, um, I think she sounds pretty fun, to be honest. And she's definitely, I'm, I'm putting Fargo on my to-go-to list. She would be great. If, uh, like, your brother was dating her and brought her to, like, family dinners, like, on Christmas, like, holiday meals. Do you know why she would also be great? Because she'd be like, she's definitely not going to eat much. Well, no. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get more pie 
that I can put fucking cheese on top of. Which does not happen. Uh, people does. send your story, gmail.com. Got some phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032 is that number. Uh, before we get to all that, though, here's a word from Adam and Eve. It's Butt Plug Month on adamandeve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So we've got a few phone calls to get to here. 323-522-4032 is that number. People... Call the Sick Wrong Hotline. Give us some amusing anecdotes on some funny things. We, you know, we've been getting some decent calls recently, actually. Some great calls recently. Yeah. Well, I have some for uh, next week that are going to be oh, pretty the, good, too. But I got some good ones this week zero, as well. Um, you're going to love this first call here. There's a bit, of a, a bit of connection issues in the beginning, but you're going to love this first call. Please don't be schlitzy. Hey, Kate and yeah, some connection issues there. But she said, hey, Kate and Dee. California the other day. And this the Wad's mom. And as I say, it's the Wad's yeah. mom. And so she's saying the Wad was in California over Fourth of July weekend. And I actually met him over at the Rainbow Room. A Wad was with his wife over at the Rainbow Room. And we had a couple beers, hung out, did some shots. Can I also say hello to the Wads mom who just added me on Facebook? Yeah, she added Wads me on Facebook like my, too. I got to respond. Like my hero. Yeah, no, I responded straight back. I was like, I love you. <laughs> I, I always forget because I'm like, I look at it on my phone while I'm at work and I just kind of forget about it. But it was cool that the, uh, the hearing from the Wads mom. It was, it was fucking cool hanging out with the Wad. I always wondered what he looked like. He's a big guy, that guy. Kind of, He kind of reminded me of like an Arabic stone cold Steve Austin. I can see that. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what he reminded me of. <laughs> but it was fun hanging out, though. Anyway, here's the Watts mom. He wanted me to give you guys a call. Like, I messengered Kate. Messengered. And he wanted me to tell you about the time, you know, my first husband was a piece of shit, fucked around on me. So, what he. I did was. I painted his fingernails, I painted his toenails, and then I wrote on his ass, I love Brenda. <laughs> and so his fucking fat-ass, trashy-ass girlfriend called me up and said, I love the way you wrote my name on his ass. And then his other Arabic friend, who was friends with him and I was friends with his wife, to where both of them cheated on us, said to me, oh, yeah, I saw that on his ass. And it looked- Wait, how did they all see his ass? Yeah, why is his, why is his ass getting <laughs> naked in front of all these people? Well, he must, have, he must have got laid a lot, so everyone's seeing his ass. But did he not take a shower and wash off the Sharpie that said, I love Brenda? He must not have. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> she didn't try to go like one step further and be like, you know, I love black cocks. Like, I'm surprised she put, like, Brenda. I totally would have gone for something more offensive like that as well. Yeah. I love. I would have said instead of Brenda, I would have just wrote "I love men." Insert cock here with an arrow <laughs> pointing to his asshole. But the painting of the fingernails is pretty good because you can't just wash that off. You got to get like, don't you have to get nail polish remover? You do have to get nail polish yeah. remover. So I mean that 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 was pretty creative. 
like a cow stamp. Now, you know that the ex-husband used to butcher animals, and that's why they said it was like a cow stamp. What's going on here? <laughs> Is she trying to steal a fucking car? Like, what is it's going like, on? It's like GTA in the background. And <laughs> she's just like, like there's a car, like a car alarm going <laughs> off. I heard like a an animal of some and, sort. Yeah. Like she's just ringing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on here. A lot going on here. Somebody's yeah. mowing the lawn. There's a car <laughs> alarm going off. Dogs barking. So have a good day. We love you guys. Peace out. I love the Wads mom. I fucking love the Wads mom. Thank you, Wads mom. So is it, wait, when you found out about Brenda and you did that and she called you, did you guys become friends over that? Oh, you know what? I think she wrote, I love Brenda. She must have wrote, I love Brenda and nail polish on his ass. Yeah, how, how do you stick? write a nail polish? Could you, does it stick like that? What do you like mean that? how do you write in No, but I mean, if you did that on your skin, will it stick like it would on your nails? Yeah, it's like hard to get off. I guess I've never, I've never tried doing that. Yeah, you know, like when you're painting, you know, your weekly occurrence when you're painting your nails black in your emo <laughs> little room and it gets on your, like, your cuticles chamber. and stuff. It's really hard to get off. You've got to, like, be really careful. Well, I've never had a woman, like, you know, paint and nail polish i love brenda my ass so i don't really know how difficult it is to get off when we meet in real life i'm going to fill in all your tattoos (laughs) with black nail polish so (laughs) yeah that'll be a fun (laughs) afternoon we'll get stoned (laughs) thank you what's mom. i love the what's mom her i want to go on like a girl's holiday with like my fake mom the what's mom and gino's mom (laughs) and what about yeah your fake mom there that'd be like all the moms can you imagine? I bet that would end in a brawl. Yeah, I think so too. I think there'd be a lot of, uh, I don't know, like a fireball drink that night. There has to be some sausage to calm down that clam party. It'd be something. You know what's funny? Um, so when we were hanging out with the Wad, he goes on this app called WAG. Have you ever heard of this? WAG? WAG? I've never heard of WAG. Yeah, I was wondering what he was talking about at first. But then he's like, yeah, you know, went and picked up a couple, uh, did a couple WAGs. And uh, his wife's father lives in, I forget, like Fontana or San Bernardino or something. That's where, that's why they were out here. And the the father couldn't understand what he was saying, like what he meant by wag. And I was also having the same confusion, even though I don't think I'm as old as a father. But it's was, either wives and girlfriends or dogs. That's no, you know what it think. is? It's like a like an Uber or Lyft for uh, walking dogs. Like you go and you get on there and you'd be like, someone needs a dog walked. And you go find them. Oh. Like, yeah. And like, it will, you know, it's like a geocache. So it finds out where they are. And then you answer it. And then you like walk over and go walk their dog for them. So he happened to walk a three-legged chihuahua for like this obese mexican man this like 800 pound mexican guy i don't know if the guy couldn't fit out of his door or whatever just didn't like to even move and so the wad went over there (laughs) the guy answers the door and he walked his three-legged chihuahua around the neighborhood for money (laughs) do you think the dog only had three legs because he ate one (laughs) that's terrible but funny probably because it's true <laughs> you put it in a um, tortilla <laughs> anyway it's some guac wag it's a new app go make some money <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, next call here is from Psychopathia Sexualis. She calls in. Nice. Hello, Dee and Kate. Um, it's Vic or um, Psychopathia Sexualis. Firstly, I just wanted to congratulate you on your cross-dressing serial killers episode. Um, oh. As a member of the LGBTQIA plus alphabet mafia, I wanted to congratulate you on your yeah. correct use of pronouns, even for horrible murderers. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Um, secondly, I have a question for D. actually. Um, oh. I know we normally do Ask Kate, but this is a Ask D. Um, you know, I didn't even cue up the theme music. Should I play the theme music? No, because you would have different theme music. Because I guess I would. D. Yeah. You're right, not. Cool. You're not strangers with candy. I'm strangers. With yeah, candy. I don't really have theme music because no one ever asked me anything. Oh, so. it should be. You should play like a Dewey song. <laughs> like Fiddler on the Roof or something. <laughs> yeah. All a right, Dewey I'll have to, I'll have to look for that. So theme song here. So my question for D is, how crazy does a girl have to be for the pussy to stop being worth it? Oh. I only ask this as a certifiably crazy person. Um, now that outwardly to sort of the men that I choose to involve in my life, um, I guess I do. I, am I visibly crazy? Uh, the self-harm scars probably give that away. But um, I'm just facing the dilemma at the moment of uh, all of the men that I like to fuck um, are all ghosting me. And uh, that feels real bad when five men independently all decide that they don't want to talk to you anymore. I wonder what it is, though, that, uh, like, what was the straw that broke the camel's back? Like, what tipped them off to be like, all right, I'm done with this? I've definitely said before, but ghosting is the worst. And if someone ghosts you, you don't want to be associated with them anyways because okay. they're pathetic pieces of shit. Yeah, but ghosting, I think ghosting is permissible prior to having sex. Like, if you haven't had sex yet and you've been on, like, a couple dates, I think yeah. then you could ghost. But once you've penetrated a person, I feel like at that point you should be like, hey, you know, I'm not really feeling this or it's not really working out. And that's all it takes. Have yeah. a nice life. Catch you around. Maybe buy you a shandy. And you can even do that out. through the fucking app. Like, you don't have to, like, yeah, yeah you know, it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's just having common, you know, like, decency. It's you just know? a pathetic piece of shit if you have to go someone. It takes two seconds to gently let someone down. Even if you don't really mean it, it just takes two seconds to be like, sorry, it's just not for me. Yeah, this sounds, this sounds bitter. It's like some personal experience here. She doesn't did want Nazi, to be well, Yeah, but I'm just saying, did I've Nazi Allen ghost you? No, <laughs> no Nazi Allen still wants a piece. I've said that um, I got ghosted once and it's fucking like the worst feeling. It is the worst feeling ever. Once. Once. I've been ghosted once. But these are fucking idiot people if they're ghosting you and they can't even say the reason why or like, yeah, I'll, Especially I'll buy you a pint next time I see you. If there's been intercourse, you know, and at that point you're a dick to do a ghosting. I've never totally. Um, so, tangent, I know, unrelated. Anyways, how crazy does a girl have to be for the uh, pussy to stop being worth it? Um, I do have a diamond level pussy, but I have also have what has been described as the best throat in the Southwest. And I would not detest that. I, I honestly believe that I do. Uh, it's something of a smugness that I carry with me. Um, yes. So how crazy does a girl have to be for 
the sexual experience to no longer be worth it. Um, I don't think I give off I'm going to hurt you vibes. Um, I think I give off a few, it was probably a couple of years ago, our dear caller Tails rang in and told the story of how his ex-girlfriend had had broken in and had slit her wrists and was riding him, which I can't think about (gasps) without blushing. I think that's more (laughs) of a vibe that I give off. But um, if you only spend less than an hour with me, I'm not sure how they got that from from a simple interaction. Anyway, um, keep it sick and keep it wrong. I'm going to go desperately chase some men's Christ. <laughs> All right. Well, definitely if you're breaking into someone's home and uh, slitting your wrists um, and then trying to have sex. Yeah, that, that that's a little that's definitely a little too crazy for me. But I think at the point like I'm trying to think like the point where someone be, would be too crazy for me to even want to get laid. I think what it is is like overly clingy clingy women like you can tell too like you've had sex once or twice and then you're just getting bombarded with text messages um they're showing up randomly at your work oh that's creepy or at your or you know hanging outside your apartment even though you haven't even made plans those type of red flags definitely tend i wouldn't say i would ghost them but i would especially if if you've had sex with a woman you should have the decency to be like hey it's not working out but what would cause me to say, hey, it's not working out, is behavior like that, like overly obsessive, clingy type of behavior. That's People, typical for both sexes, though. Oh, for sure. Dudes yeah. do the exact same thing. Dudes are, almost, are 10 times worse, typically. But I think for um, for me to, like, give it up and not not want to deal with the person anymore, it's it's that type of behavior. Like, they're commenting on every single post that I make, you know, they're showing up unannounced at my work. They're showing up unannounced at bars I hang out at, you know, when I'm with my friends. Things like that overly clingy behavior is what would make me give up uh, the pussy. Oh, do you think these guys are maybe ghosting her because now that COVID restrictions are lifting, they've got more women that they can go and shag now and be dicks to. So they don't, they don't just have to be a dick to her. That's they can probably go and be a dicks to like 10 of her. Because now they can um, go to pubs. You know, I love the name Vic as well. I uh, one of my friends named their kid Victor, and I think Victor for a boy's name is one of the best boys' names. Vicky, Victor. Well, no, well, Sticky Vicky, but Vic just in itself is a great name. Queen Vic. So when you got ghosted, is that because you were engaging in that type of obsessive behavior? Like, why do you think you got ghosted? I just think he wasn't interested, but couldn't say he wasn't interested because he liked the attention from a yeah, younger girl. Yeah, but did something happen to uh, cause the ghosting? Oh, he started seeing someone else. Ghosting. But he didn't say, I'm seeing someone else because he liked having the attention when he was drunk. But it's all fine now. Like, it's a. Oh, wait, it's are you still friends with the person? Yeah, like, I know them. It's like all like not close friends, not bad friends. It's just like water under the bridge. Didn't but you want to get revenge? For an old. No, I don't want to get revenge. Like, no, I'm not that type of person. Like, the best revenge, D. Simon, is always artistic. So maybe I wrote a song about him. Maybe I didn't. That's the way it goes. <laughs> I think with me, like, when uh, I go on a date with someone and if they get it extremely intoxicated, start saying anything racist, 
you know, if, if, if they say things like that, like, I mean, I'm not saying jokingly racist. I'm saying like real racist. Full on, like Van yeah. Burka type stuff. Or like, yeah, they're calling someone like, uh, you know, the N word in public, but, oh, but yeah. actually like meaning it, anything like that, that, that kind of behavior done. I'm not even going to tolerate that at all. Um, I don't mind a little bit of, uh, a little bit of crazy in bed. Like when they get a little wacky, um, if somebody shits my bed done i'm not not even once you don't even get oh, once so it's okay for you to shit their bed and pretend that they did it but if they do it to you then suddenly it's not good i'm not gonna see the person again after that because we're probably after that happens we're i think that's pretty much i understand like i shit your bed you don't ever have to talk to me again and it's <laughs> it's vice versa piss the bed True. same deal like if you like get super wasted first time we hang out and you piss all over my bed, we're not going to hang out again. That's a little too crazy. I think these guys, judging by the sound of it, they were just like, they were just meeting up for hookups. I don't think there was any, I, I think if you're just meeting up for hookups, then you, you can go see each other in a way because you're just meeting up for sex. And then there's no end or beginning to that. You can just be like, fuck it. Like I've, I've got somebody else who I go and have sex with now. Or I've but, got like three other women. Yeah, but psychopathy. That's a big situation. But I think, yeah, that's what, the, I think what I'm going to say though, the psychopathy is like if the guy's ghosting you, it's not worth your time. Like if the guy mm. doesn't have the decency to like be like, hey, it's not working out. I'd rather just be friends after you've had sex. You don't want to deal with that fucking dude. Yeah, fuck him. No, asshole. She does have the best throat in the Southwest because look at, the, listen to that divine voice. That's evidence enough. <laughs> that's a great title too anyway yeah. um yeah fuck people who ghost you and they're assholes uh moving on here uh this next call i think i'm gonna need a translator i think i'm gonna need a translator kate rambo there's a bit of like weird music in the beginning oh it's glasky greg is this a bagpipe He's in the middle of nowhere in the so, mountains of Scotland. Pass. Good story. Three guys caught in the first rave, August 1992. Three guys do a Postmates, August 1992. <laughs> what do you say? Three guys going to their first rave in August of okay. 1992. Then that's when raves were like when you could get real fucking ecstasy as well. Yeah, that's when I went to raves. I'm that old. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking glorious night. But fire down there, mate. We we take like these eckies, these eckies are called uh, snowball. All right, he's saying something about eckies. Ecstasy. Oh. Snowballs. With snowballs and eckies. What's a snowball? I, I I think snowball must be the type of ecstasy, but I don't. But also, I do know that. When I first started taking XC, you could also get disco biscuits, which was basically the size of your palm. It was a, a fucking ecstasy tablet that was the size of your palm. Jesus it was way Christ. more How like MDMA. You, you, just like... you nibble pieces off it, and it was supposed to last you like a couple of nights. So I it's don't like know a if rice it's... cake. Why would you even want were, a, a they... tablet of no, ecstasy got, that big? I got um I got a, a disco cake for my seventeenth birthday, and that was a good two weeks. I was like just munching my way through that. But I don't know if he means Snowball is the brand of XC because I've never taken Snowballs or if a Snowball is Scottish slang for a disco cake. Because a disco have... cake between three of you is like, that's a good night. Would you ever have a Mitsubishi? 
Mitzi Turbos. That's like yeah, all I took is a Mitzi Turbo. back then. You know what? We that. had Britain can make two drugs. We can make ecstasy yeah, and we can sure. make speed. They're yeah. our drugs. I remember they used to call them petals. Dude, petals? Petals. No, we never called them petals. They were just Mitzi's. The, the Mitzi's were good. When I were coming up with Mitzi Turbos, uh, always a good night on a Mitzi. And the other really good drug was Superman's. And Superman's had some Valium in them, so they had a bit of blue. And Superman was a really good. Um, took them on like a lot when I was 17. Right. Good times. Fucking magic, magical fucking film. It's like somebody hit me in the back of the head with a fucking shovel when he came at you. All right, it's Beautiful. just the name of the pill. So we're, we're firing down the motorway, and boy, eh? What he starts battling like fuck, you know, he's quite a chubby guy anyway. And he, he does... All right, I had no idea what he said there. Something chubby, like a chubby guy. So, yes, guy. the snowball is just the name of the pill, and it was like so good, it's like being hit in the back of the head. So they're firing down the motorway, they're in a car. Um, I can't remember if he... It's a bit quiet, but I think he said boy A or his mate A. Um, oh, the chubby okay, one. Right, the chubby one. Okay. Not a lot, but man, these parts were like, they were really fucking bad, you know? Uh, disgusting. And, uh, you say farts? Like, I need to pull over, man. Yeah. Over, and, uh, I'm going to squirt. <laughs> so we pull over, man. Just buy Heart Health Services on the, on the end, mate. On the way to Edinburgh. Edinburgh. All right, all right. They pulled over. A guy had to take a piss, and he was farting. No, the squirts. The the other. Oh, he had the trots. Okay, yeah, from the ecstasy. From the ecstasy, which oh. like happens to some. I always think when you're coming up on pills, you're either a shitter or you're a puker, and I've always been a puker. Ah, oh, wow. God, I'm both. Oh. <laughs> At the same time. Yeah. So boy, he jumps out, and doors open, and pulls his pants there. He's fucking spouting like a chocolate fountain, man. It's going fucking everywhere, you know? <laughs> I heard that. He's spouting like a chocolate fountain. A chocolate fountain. fountain. <laughs> That's so disgusting. <laughs> and they're all just sat high as fuck in the car watching him. Ah, oh, God. In the Edinburgh. Driver, boy B, he's just like, fuck it. He starts edging forward, man, edging forward, and like reveals him to the whole fucking motorway. <laughs> As he does this, a bus full of people going to the same rave comes out the fucking service station, and everybody's fucking jumping the window, and you oh, they way by. And the poor guy is like, as I say, all right, I'm missing this whole part. He's so at the he's, service station yeah. shitting himself. No, no, no. They're just like on the side of the road, like going to the same rave. They've just pulled over because it's like, um, it's kind of like a, it's not a dual carriageway. The, the, from Glasgow to Edinburgh, that, that road, it's a one straight road. It's not a motorway, it's not a dual carriageway. Are so there like 50 the roundabouts? Side. Actually, there's not that many roundabouts on that road. No. It's pretty much a straight shot. So they've pulled over to the side. Their mate is shitting like a chocolate fountain and they're hiding him with the car. But then his mate is a fucking joke. He's driving the car a bit more, revealing him shitting more and more. And as they do, that's when that busload of fucking probably babes. <laughs> Drive by He's driving and sees past. The, the Scotsman shitting on the side of the road. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> 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 fucking hilarious, man. So we're getting back in the car. 
Jesus, I won't make this short. They get back in the car, they're all fucked up, man. These empties are great. They chew around, they get in. Uh, boy B, he's got his drugs stuck in his pants, but they're, they're packed down the end, you know? So, he goes to the, uh, he goes to the toilet straight away because he's in that pants. And uh, he sits down for a sit down piece so he can pull the drugs out of his pants and shit. Alright, what, what the hell did he just say there? So his mate Boise, he's put his drugs in his pants. That he would just uh, shit all over. No, no, this is another guy. Okay. And he's gone to the toilet for like a... So, you know, because they'll pat you down when you go in the venue looking for drugs. So he's gone for like a sit-down pee to try and get like a, the drugs out. And that's when you pause, so I don't know what's oh, going to okay, happen. Oh, okay, okay. So he's he's going to retrieve the drugs. Drugs. Two things at one time, but it was too fucked up and... His dick never actually cleared, he's fucking, his pants when he sat down, so he's gonna stuck in his underwear a little bit, and he pissed it all, like, all over his fucking pants, down his tracksuit bottoms, man. Fucking everywhere, all over the fucking drugs that were in his pants. I'm sure he wrapped up in cellophane, man. He got there out. Oh, oh shit, man. I really need to fall back to the fuck, yeah. I really need to fall back to the fuck, too. Uh, hang on, man. That's a wonderful bit. Let me fall back. Couldn't understand that. So the guy pissed all over his drugs? And his pants and like, yeah, just ruined it. And then, yeah, went very mumbly. Even I could not uh, decipher Glasgow Grey at that point. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. I kind of like how he hangs out with these incontinent friends. It's like, <laughs> maybe you should get people that can actually hold their bowels as friends. Well, it's back in those days, D, the pills were fucking strong, man. I remember when I first started taking them, you'd buy one, and one would fuck you up for like eight hours. And then over my years of taking ecstasy, it got to the point where I would have to take like fucking five to even feel anything. And then I just gave up altogether and just took MDMA. And MDMA is not the same as pills. No, believe me, I took many, many pills at that time. Yes, you remember. Never shit myself. On the pills. Right. Well, this guy did. Yeah. I'm I telling mean, you, it's... because you wouldn't have had fucking British pills, mate. I did. British I took many at that time. Great. No, but it didn't make me, like, shit myself. I think because I'm continent. I know how to hold my, uh, you know, my bowels. Incontinent? Isn't incontinent just when you can't pee? When you piss yourself? Is I think that it's not both. incontinent? I think it's just, Is it you, both? Yeah. That's I think you're your just sister. unable to control your waist. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, Glasgow Greg, um, I want to hear what happens. Well, I want to hear what happened after the fact. It sounds like there was a part two, but I didn't hear the part two. Yeah, Is that what you're saying, there was a part two? Yeah, I want to hear more rave stories as well. From It's like like train spotting or something. I'd like to know how he met his uh, crippled wife as well. Oh, yeah, we heard about how he crippled her. We've heard about how he crippled her, but I'd like to know how, uh, how they met and how they got together. Yeah, Glasgow Greg, send us an MP3, stickingaroundpodcastgmail.com, or people you can call the Stick Around Hotline at 323-522-4032. Uh, we got to wrap up the show here, and as always, we plug the Patreon at the end of the show because we just want to let people know how much Patreon actually means to us. If you've listened to almost 800 episodes <laughs> of this fucking podcast, 800 episodes, it's a long time. 15 years we listen to this show maybe it's time to show a little love to your favorite podcrafters um and you feel like you know it's a it's a good way to go about it because it's you know we don't make any money off this show other than patreon that's the only way 
we make any uh, money on the on the show, and it's a good way to support the show. Um, and and you know, the, we, you know, we're, we're not just asking for a donation. We're not just asking you to give us money with nothing in return. Uh, we're putting out a lot of quality content these days on uh, the Sick and Wrong Patreon. So for only five bucks a month, you get an extra story, you get extra phone calls, and you get the outtakes. This week on the phone calls, we had another Scotsman call in talking about these shit drugs from Northern Scotland. And uh, I learned a new term, Rizla. Oh, yeah, Rizla. I still can't Rizla. what Rizlas are. You know, I looked it up. It's rolling papers. Never, We don't have those here. We have zigzags. Have we have zigzags. Rizzlers are ubiquitous here, man. Rizzlers. They're, they're what you get. Rizzler. Yeah. Never heard that term. Um, Green Rizzler for the win. Yeah, that's actually, that's what I saw when I looked it up. And then uh, on the outtakes, you can hear all about Kate, um, how she was inciting the woke feminists on Instagram with her sexist remarks about a woman who was raped and murdered. It's terrible, the things that come out of this girl's mouth. I was shocked. No wonder yes. the feminists were appalled. But anyway, that, that's the type of thing you get just for five bucks. A few bucks more, you get the Sick and Wrong News segment. News. Um, this week, uh, we're going to detail about Bill Cosby's upcoming prison comedy tour. Like, he's doing a full-on club tour. I'm going to be there. Um, also, a New Zealand mother named her uh, three kids, Metallica, Slayer, and Pantera. And then a uh, Russian girl crushed to death by karaoke screens. Exactly. Yeah, I know. It's all, it's all the stories we wouldn't um, you know, normally do on the regular podcast. And then not to mention, you get a bonus Sick Wrong mini-sode that we call Overkill. Uh, was this week, Kate uh, covered Belle Star, the, bandits, the bandit queen, old Western yeah. outlaw. Yeah, it's in because a year, pretty much around this time last year is when I got rid of my uh, PlayStation. So people will, people probably know Bellstar from uh, Red Dead Redemption. But I, I know her because um, there's two great films about her. But Bellstar's great. She's a fucking badass, man. She would have killed Israel Keys, hand down, hands down. <laughs> she stopped that man. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Um, give a little, get a lot, and you help keep the show going. Um, also, we have a Tee Public store if you want to buy some Sick and Wrong merch. Um, you know, I think they're doing like a special discount on like things that Face aren't masks. T-shirts. No, yeah, things that aren't T-shirts. Yeah. Like T-shirts, not discounted right now. But if you get like stickers, face masks, things like that, um, they're giving like a percentage off. So just go to sickandwrongpodcast.com slash shop and click on the picture of the Pope. Uh, finally, here's Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. Had a, uh, another famous rocker death. This past week, John Lawton, who uh, is the lead singer of a, of a couple of bands that I like. I know Kate doesn't like Uriah Heep, um, but you <laughs> might like Lucifer's Friend. That's a great name for a band. Uh, but John Lawton was a singer of uh, Uriah Heep in the later years, like late 70s. Uh, but he was, he was a singer of Lucifer's Friend as well, which is a great like kind of prog metal band from Germany. Um, he died on uh, June 29th at the age of 74. No cause of death right now, but he died peacefully with his wife at his side. Um, the band Uriah Heep said he's going to be greatly missed. And uh, two other members of Uriah Heep died last year, the drummer and the keyboardist. So it looks like, yeah, it looks like they're old and they're all dying these days. Can I also give a shout out to Samford Clark, who is a country legend, a rockabilly king, and he died this week as well. Oh, God, I can't, how old was that guy? 85. Yeah, he, I was about to say, he must have been kind of old. Anyway, we're going to end the show here with Ride the Sky, which is a exceptionally rocking track 
off of Loose for His Friend's first, uh, first record. She came out in uh, November 1970. But what I want to point out about this, listen to this song, and to most people you know, who are music fans, there's going to be a song that pops up that you're like, wow, this sounds just like another song I know by another famous band, Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin, which is on uh, Led Zeppelin 3, also came out November 1970. Both songs came out at the same time. Listen how similar they are to each other. And then think, think about Stairway to Heaven, which borrowed heavily from a song called Taurus by a band Spirit, so heavily that the band Spirit sued Led Zeppelin for copyright infringement. They end up losing. Also, also stole from uh, The Faces. Yep, people well. say that. Well, stole slash borrowed. And if you go back and listen to my Overkill, um, the Slade uh, Overkill I did, I tell a lot of stories about how Robert Plant stole uh, my dad's style. Yeah, it makes me wonder. I love Led Zeppelin. I really do. And I think uh, Immigrant nah, Songs are I think they're song. boring men music. It's boring man music. They have like three good songs, but the rest of it is all like, take a look at my window. It's a bit like that. If there's a bushel. That's not even, that's not even Led Zeppelin. No, I know that's Supertramp. That's <laughs> <laughs> about what to say. Supertramp's awesome too. I like Supertramp. What is it? If there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. I'm not listening to that <laughs> Led Zeppelin was awesome and I think you don't know what the fuck you're talking about also you probably didn't grow up listening to him that's the thing with, with are I you think joking me people, are you saying I didn't grow up listening you, to a band that my dad toured with are you saying that I didn't I, grow up listening did to you Led grow Zep? up listening were, you probably weren't in high school when that band became like really impressionable like that that was a thing like when I think of Led Zeppelin and I think a lot of people out there think the same thing you think about driving in some dudes like fucking shitty Camaro smoking weed drinking beer in like the fucking country of Michigan blasting Led Zeppelin that's when you listen to Zeppelin when you're like a fucking sophomore in high school later on you graduate to other music but Led Zeppelin played a key role in a lot of people's musical development. And that's the same with the doors. And so that's kind of the nostalgia I have with Led Zeppelin. I don't listen that's to fair him. Enough. I don't listen to Led Zeppelin like every day. I mean, I did when I was like, I don't know, 14 and, you know, and I was first discovering rock, but then I listened to other bands. But what's weird about now as I've, you know, expanding my musical horizons and I hear bands, I'm like, did Led Zeppelin rip these fucking guys off? Well, they certainly ripped my daddy off. Well, that, <laughs> so that's, what I, that's what I wonder about. But regardless, Led Zeppelin, I, I, I still enjoy. And Loose Fruits Friends, a great band. And John Lawton, rest in peace. You'll be missed. We're going to end the show here with Ride the Sky by Loose Fruits Friend. Uh, people will be back next week with episode 800. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to have a very special guest, which is perfect for this milestone episode. But still, I you know... I'm like in disbelief that I've recorded almost 800 episodes of this fucking podcast. I feel sorry for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I was thinking the other day, cause I'm going to play a call next week that kind of encapsulates how I've been feeling, but I'm like, what the fuck have I done with my life? Like seriously, <laughs> 15 fucking years Simon. doing this. Yeah, It's mental. It is mental. It really is. Anyway, until next week, take a sleazy. <laughs>
Hey, Frank. How come you haven't gotten up yet? I'm waiting sticky. Oh. What, uh, when did that happen? Did it happen during the night? Or did it just happen now? Do you know? Um, no. Well, if you're sticky, maybe it was a wet dream. Do you know what a wet dream is? <laughs>